everybody, all three, 75, 125, 3,000 people that are listening, but I'm pretty sure it's three. And welcome to the first episode of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later. Now, if you're wondering what the heck is Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later is, um, it's just three guys, three generations of nerddom, getting together to talk, debate, or bitch about everything geek, east and west of the Doctor Who nerd border. Before he's saying, what the hell is he talking about? It's the first episode. How is he even talking about that? Um, I have this thing where I believe that nerddom has changed over the years. And geeks have changed over the years. And I believe that there's a border of how geeky someone is. And here's, here's what I think. I think that um, people now, you know, it's okay to watch a comic book. I mean, watch a comic book movie or read a comic book. But some people do it on a very casual basis. They're kind of like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I'll pick that book up because it looks kind of cool. The colors are nice. Or, you know, oh, this movie's out because it's Hugh Jackman and they don't really read the book that avidly, they're east of the Doctor Who border. They're the people that kind of, you know, are interested in it, but not really um, not really put, invested too much into it, but probably might get invested later on. Then you have people closer to the border and beyond who live a different lifestyle, who might not comb their hair because the new Superman issue came out, who might um, dress as an Ewok because... You know, they love Return of the Jedi so much. And those are the people that live west of the Doctor Who border. In my opinion, and these gentlemen with me will disagree, but the, I think Doctor Who is where the true geekness really starts. <laughs> and it gets weirder from the Doctor Who border west. So that's just my little explanation about that. Um, just to give a quick introduction, um, you can call me the Cap because I'm a very shy guy. I don't like talk, talking about my name. But just to give you a background who I am, um, yeah, born and raised in the Bronx. Um, always loved reading comic books. I've probably been reading since I was the age of five. And when I'm not podcasting, I'm either working in education or I work as a manager at a gym. Um, and probably if I had to break it down, my favorite comic book was Amazing Spider-Man. Because I, I probably have the most issues of that particular comic. So let me stop rambling on and let me have the other two gentlemen that are with me introduce themselves. Because we're going to be talking over each other for the next 45 minutes. So um, take it away. Whoever wants to go first. Well, you know, it's a little shy. I'm Ralph. I guess uh, I'm your friendly neighborhood tech, you could say. I, I frequent that Doctor Who border that uh, Captain over here was talking about. Uh, but I, I guess I don't go too far into it. Um, and, and I would have to say my, my favorite comic or comic book character would have to be Batman in the early detective years when he was the world's greatest detective. Ralph's also responsible for putting the mics together and putting the sound system together and making sure that I'm not using too many P's in my um, intro, so we got to thank Ralph for that and making sure that... Yeah, you, gotta, you still got to work on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Already, I'm messing up and it's the first episode. All right, Ralph, anything else you wanted to add? Or? No, that's it. All right. So let us move on to our third person. Uh, well, that would be me. I'm Mike. I'm the financial whiz, longtime reader, Dazzler fan, Claremont X-Men fan, and an Archer hater. <laughs> and Doctor Who rules and bow ties are cool and we all know that <laughs> wow I don't know how to right I, on. No ties. <laughs> if we could just have a, a podcast to address that statement right there <laughs> I don't know where to start first Dazzler or Doctor Who but we'll go there but I mean okay so we're all together so basically we're going to talk about everything that is geek so whether it's a comic book or whether it's a, um, a comic book movie or anything sci-fi or fantasy we're pretty much going to talk about it. A video game, we're going to cover it, and we might love it, and we might bash it, and understand these are only opinions, but 
um, sometimes it's good to kind of get this stuff out there because there's probably people who agree with us. And we love when people agree, and we love people who disagree with us. So please, um, we'll give you information at the end where to contact us. We love to debate this stuff, so please go right ahead. Um, today what we're going to talk about is the newly released um, DC animated special, Justice League Flashpoint Paradox. So, um, Rob and Mike, could you give them a, br a brief synopsis of what the movie is about? For those who didn't buy it, by the way, spoiler alert, um, for those who didn't buy it and for those who didn't, um, who might want us to take a look at it, what is it about basically, guys? Well, it starts out with, um, it's basically centered around the Flash and how it's an alternate timeline where the Flash wakes up and the whole world is gone different and he doesn't have his powers and he, he, uh, there's a war happening between the uh, Atlanteans led by Aquaman and the Amazons led by Wonder Woman, which is... She's now just Princess Di uh, Queen Diana. So uh, Barry Allen wakes up and he has to try to figure out what's going on. His mother is alive, by the way, which she was killed before. So this is starting to give him a hint of what happened, that things had changed. And he goes to find uh, the only person that can help him, which would be, of course, Batman. And what he finds out is that Bruce was killed. And the only person that's alive now are his parents, and his father, Dr. Wayne, uh, Thomas Wayne, is now Batman. So, and when it gets to this, he's already breaking at least all of his fingers once he finds out. He's like, <laughs> Bruce. Well, Warming for a doctor, by yeah, the way. He's like, Bruce, <laughs> what are you doing? Don't say that name. Bruce, ah, I'll start breaking my fingers. Okay. So, uh, eventually he convinces him that, you know, He's from an alternate timeline, and that things were different, and that Bruce was actually alive when, in his timeline, and he ends up helping him out. Uh, Cyborg in this uh, movie, he's like the vice president's chief uh, security of defense or something like that. Isn't he the president's chief of defense? Yeah, yeah. He's the president's chief of defense. Cyborg also, um, they play a little irony, he's basically the world superhero. Yeah. So he's yeah, kind of, he would be the, the Superman equivalent in yeah. this world. Yeah, because Not power-wise, but as far as uh, respect and authority Significance, wise. And, yeah. Exactly. Right. Because things had shifted, Superman was never, never landed in Kansas, he actually landed in Metropolis and destroyed and the government uh, took him and they kept him on the ground so he was never released to the public in a way. But, um, most of the world's superheroes or metahumans that have powers, they keep to themselves and they're not really trying to involve themselves in the war. So what Cyborg is trying to do is bring all these people together and then stop them, uh, or, or bring them together to stop the war. Okay. And that's why he, uh, there's a scene where he's uh, tracked Batman down and he's trying to get him to join. But the only, reason, the only way that the other people would join would be if Batman joins with them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but this is basically DC's uh, version of the butterfly effect. What happens if something changes in the past and what's going to happen now into is, the world? Is it me or is DC doing this as their newest trend nowadays? It just seems like DC, I mean, I'm not bashing DC, but it just seems like let's now. Ba let's bash DC. Come on. <laughs> they deserve you, it. And I'm a Marvel fan. I, I, can't even, a <laughs> I can't even lie. I'm a big Marvel fan, but I like DC. But I just feel like with Injustice out. And with some of the other things they've met, met they've, they've done, like Crisis on Infinite Earths yeah. and all this other stuff, they do a lot of this alternate Infinite Crisis, Final Crisis, yeah. all well, the crises. <laughs> some of them are, you know, you have parallel dimensions 
you know, crossing over with each other, but this is an alternate timeline where you change the timeline. But, but anytime you're talking about alternate whatever, we're not talking about the superheroes proper. It just, it just seems like DC has gotten into this, this love fest of, you know, having these alternate versions of their universe because I don't want to give my opinion yet. I was going to say maybe they're not too... They're not brave enough to do that with their real characters? Well, there's that. It's also because I think DC can't figure out what the public wants to see. Okay. DC versus Marvel, um, you know, I'm also much more of a Marvel fan, even though I still read a lot of DC. It's just, but all of their heroes are the ultimate of everything. They're godlike right. ultimates of everything, which leaves you no room for adventure or even even play. So that when they make these alternate universes, which of course all become multiverse universes later on because now they can bring the character back into our universe yeah, um, they get a chance to play exactly you know oh, they get yeah. a chance to play now it just doesn't work because I think they don't know what they want to do they, they don't understand that does the public want a dirtier Superman grittier Boy Scout uh, leave him alone uh, they don't know alright so I mean I, I, um, I let me throw it out there to you guys um, what did you think now that the, the, the audience knows what the Flashpoint um, Paradox is about it's an alternate, an alternate timeline story. Alternate timeline story. It's an alternate timeline story. Um, I don't want to give away the end too much. We'll probably talk about the end later on. But um, what did you guys think, just in general? What did you guys think? Uh, Flashpoint, it, it was fine. I mean, again, it's, it's nothing that's earth-shaking um, in light of, for the sake of argument, like the Butterfly Effect movie. I mean, we've seen things where, okay, you make a change, something drastic happens. If... If it really dramatically had changed the DC universe afterwards, I think I'd be more impressed. But because it's just more of a what-if kind of a story, I thought it was fine. I, I, I didn't really dislike it. I didn't love it. Um, having read the books as well, I thought that it was a more or less faithful adaptation of the books. Right. Um, but it's all in all at the end. It's a movie that even though they say is the starting point of their entire new DC 52 universe, it's just kind of... Meh. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I hear that. Um, I think one of the things about it is that, um, I mean, I can get to the animation. I just feel like the story, the story was cool. It wasn't one of their better adaptations, because I still feel like, for me, hands down, Dark Knight Returns, one of the better um, animated adaptations of any of their books. Part one. <laughs> really? Why, why not part two? If they shorten part two by about 45 minutes, then I'd say part one and part six. <laughs> <laughs> so what, you want, you want it to be a 15-minute film, the second one? Or just a really long part one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Which would be part one, it would just be the movie. Exactly. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I, I, I definitely think it was a, I think it was good in certain regards, but there's certain things I didn't like, and I'll give Ralph a chance to talk before I add on. But I just think that the animation was just kind of a little bit left to be desired. I like my characters with noses, and if they, um... <laughs> and if they have noses, because it's funny, their noses disappear and reappear depending on the frame shot. They're superhumans. <laughs> <laughs> so their noses implode into their face? I mean, First I, sign of a metahuman. The, 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 they're polymorphic. They, they can change their shape. The only one that uh, Aquaman bothered me the most was that nose stuff. And then when you did see a nose, it was pointy. I'm not saying everybody has pointy nose, and I understand that's the animated it's, style. It's, it's, uh, it's uh, hydrodynamic so that you can swim in the water. <laughs> it parts the water. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get like a shark. God. I get Batman having it because he has the cowl, but Superman, it just didn't look right. It just well, you got to remember he was skin and bones, you know, so it's very. 
No, but Superman in the beginning, when we're in our oh, universe, okay, and, he, okay. and he drops in, I'm like, who the frick is that with the S in his chest? Oh, shh, that's Superman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say one thing that, that about the movie. Bloody as hell. What? I was going to bring that up. <laughs> Very bloody. And it's rated PG-13. It is? It's rated PG-13. Yeah. So there's there's mm-hmm. your your blood rating. Oh, man. I mean, I was very surprised with some of the things that, that they actually did. I yeah. was like... You, um, you see a lot of the deaths. In the in the movie, you know, you it's more gruesome than in the comics. Because in the comics, they don't really show too much of the killing. They, they would show... There's a part in the movie where um, Aquaman kills uh, Slade, right? Yeah. And in the comics, all you see is him say, leave no survivors. And boom. And that's it. In the movie, you actually see him like, go and kill him and whatnot. It's, it's crazy. I, I couldn't believe when they when um, Aquaman had his arm chopped off, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When they showed that whole sequence, I was like, "What?" Yeah. I, I thought I was like, "Whoa." Uh, we said it before spoilers. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh well, too late now. <laughs> well, just know from here on end, we're gonna be revealing parts of the movie. So let me just say it right now: Professor Zoom dies a really weird, not weird death. Bam! Headshot. I just didn't think that they would show the the whole when, when Batman shoots. Um, Zoom at the end, and they show that you can see Batman through his head. I was like, "Whoa!" See, with a little bit of the pink gray matter, which I always like that. <laughs> you saw that too. <laughs> and you see, in the comic, they did it more tastefully because what happens is uh, Batman goes and stabs him with one of the Amazon swords, right? Oh, yeah, with yeah. one of the Amazon swords in the back, and he says, "Hey, listen, uh, first rule of in a war: don't stand still." And he already has a sword in the back. Which I thought was much more appropriate considering you're dealing with the speedster. So that actually, as corny as it sounds, it actually worked for the story ending. Yeah, because this is the point where Zoom is giving, you know, his, his, his evil talk, you know, the, the villain talks uh, He's about monologuing. His, yeah, there you go. It's his evil monologue. He's right. Like, oh, you see, Barry, it was all you. I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and did you do the I voice in the movie? Huh? Did you do the voice in the movie? Or? Yeah, yeah. Nah, no, 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 because, because Zoom sounded like a thug, which kind of bothered me. I'm like, aren't you a professor? So why do you sound like a thug? No, actually, you know what really bothered me was for all the years of reading about uh, Professor Zoom and his last name is Thawne and his first name spelled E-O-B-A-R-D, I just assumed that was just a, an odd spelling of Edward. But they they made it very clear that it's Eobard. Yep. That actually disturbed me more than anything. Really? <laughs> and even, even uh, Batman, uh, Thomas Wayne says it. He's like, kind of a name is that it's a future name it's a 25th century name (laughs) (laughs) i i mean i mean the voice was i mean and and i'm nitpicking now because now i'm talking about voices versus the the entire story but i I guess for me voices make you feel like the character is alive and real and mike and i were, were talking the other day about wonder woman and how like you want this wonder woman this character in all versions of the dc universe to be known as a strong Good-looking but strong woman, and I feel like DC hasn't got it right because in Injustice of the Game, she looks like if China <laughs> came out and did it, but without the long. We're face. talking wrestling, by the way, not the country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for, for anyone that had no idea what that was I about, the Chinese like, oh, why you say that about me? So, <laughs> well, and we now out. apologize to the Chinese about that statement too. <laughs> but I mean, you know, China, the actress, the former WWE star who turned porn star. Wonder Woman in the Justice, I mean, she looks great, but when you look at her torso, it's like her shoulders are like, I don't know, her shoulders are up somewhere, and then her boobs are like somewhere down, so it's like she's got like a man chest with boobs at the end. <laughs> but then Mike brings up how they how they did um, Wonder Woman in this version, and I agree with it as assessment. Yeah, she just looks like an anime princess, 
At any moment, I just expected her to just spin around on one foot or something like that. You know, she looked just like the anime com Wonder Woman. And the sparkles DC are going to be coming. Yeah, exactly. As she twirls. <laughs> she twirls exactly. The chimes. Actually, the DC. The, the only time I was actually just watching a, a couple episodes this morning, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Wonder oh, Woman was done yeah. perfectly, from head to toe, voice, attitude. They made no wrong with her there. And I'm not saying just keep copying, 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 but they had her right. They had her as the emissary of peace that understands the need for war and the fact that she's going to protect the planet, et cetera, et cetera, as opposed to what DC has done with her in the last less than decade otherwise, which is she's just this crazy woman that I guess if you piss her off the wrong way, she'll kill you or, yeah, you were talking or, about or that. lead you into death or destruction. I mean, you had her, you know, she's the woman that... Uh, snap Maxwell Lord's uh, neck yep. to stop Superman from uh, going on and killing. She, in Injustice, is the one that's whispering in Superman's ear, just keeping him in this violent state. And then, of course, you have her here as this bloodthirsty, crazed, jilted lover, I suppose, of Aquaman in Flashpoint. And cuts off Mira's head. What was that? That's, I think that was the first moment. Forget. But they stole her and, bling. And they show the, the head, the bloody head right there. She just throws it to him. It's like, boom. I was defending myself. What was I supposed to do? <laughs> Evidently, she was defending herself while watching Clash of the Titans and just said, I'm taking her head just in case the Kraken appears. You know that whole scene? I was expecting someone to say, This is Sparta. <laughs> it was pretty gangster, especially for Wonder Woman standards. So I was like, she chopped off her head and then showed it to Aquaman. And stole her bling, don't forget. Yeah, the crown. We don't know why she stole her crown. She said it was as a warning. As a warning. I think she just liked it. <laughs> because she put it on in her bedroom where it's no one was shiny. around. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I just I think that you know some of the things that, that they did in this version of of um, the DC movie, some of the characters they nailed, and some of the characters like, eh. and then a lot of them they threw in. I mean, you know, as much as I read, I still don't know. Um, for instance, like a lot of the others, that, like Grifter, they threw in. I mean, maybe a lot of people like Grifter. I don't know anything about him, but. Considering as much as he was in there for a non-standard Justice League character, they didn't tell me anything more about him either. So I just know him as a guy wearing a handkerchief on his face with a couple of eye holes cut out of it, and he has guns. Well, as part of the Wildcat team, for those who don't know uh, who Grifter is, Grifter's part of the, um, the Wildcat team created by Jim Lee, and that originated in the Image universe. And they were kind of like the Image version of, I guess I would say, the X-Men, because... Um, if anything, when Youngblood came out back in the 90s, Youngblood was done by Rob Layfield. And Rob Layfield had, that was a, his Avengers Justice right. League kind of team. And when Jim Lee came out with a team, he came out with a team that was more like, they weren't the, the, the public's favorite in that universe, but they still defended the universe. And Grifter is like their Wolverine, their guy who, who's going to get really, really violent and dirty and kick butt and, you know, do all that stuff and... That's who he is. He's, but he's, he's like Batman where he's a guy with, with weapons. He has no powers. Oh, okay. No, actually. Uh-oh. It says here that um, he has uh, telekinesis and telepathy. Really? Yeah. Wow. I, I, don't, I don't remember either. He showed says, none of that. It says these powers begin to burn out over the years, and by the time of the Dead Reckoning, his, his telepathic assault was only enough to give an enemy a bloody nose. So I guess as he was younger, he had more powers. Right. Because I remember reading the first couple of Wildcats, and I don't remember him having those powers. Yeah, and then it says that um, his, he has a healing factor. You consider it a healing factor, but... Everybody, everybody has, has a, a healing, healing factor. factor. It slows down. <laughs> My God. But he's a talented marksman, and he throws weapons also. 
And he's, uh, like I said, uh, I was talking to Mike earlier. He's like a Hawkeye, also. Yeah. Single handedly yes. taking down a large group of opponents by himself. Ah, uh, that's how it always works out. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> if only he had a bow and arrow. I'm, I'm sure there's somewhere. You know, you would think like these characters have like a, a magic button that they have that turn off the lights and they just turn back on themselves and everyone's on the ground. <laughs> you mean you mean like um Hawkeye? Yeah. <laughs> like Hawkeye. <laughs> like Hawkeye. Uh, he's always a great one. Um, does anybody remember um, reading um, Flashpoint and was Captain Adam such a big part of it? No, actually. No, I don't remember. What happens is it's not Captain Adam. It's, um, I forget his name, but he's like the, the ruler of a nation and he has uh, geokinetic powers. Oh, that would be, um, I know his first name is Brian, his sister was Tara, and I'm going yeah. to go with, it was, I think his name was Geo... I, I can find oh, I know. Oh, he, wasn't he a Justice Leaguer at some point? Uh, yes. he, no, he was well, He was part of Batman and the Outsider. He was their was, leader. He wasn't was, he in the Teen Titans? Not really. He Again, his his big play was in Batman and the Outsiders, which became the Outsiders. And that's where like Katana came from. Right. And I am just going to kill myself. I can't think of his name. <laughs> I can even remember that he ruled the country Moravia or Moravia or something like that. I'll tell you right now. Um, sorry. But that's right. That's I forgot that that his power was uh, is much more tectonic. Yeah. Right. So that's how I think Aquaman was creating the the tidal waves and whatnot. Yeah, they right. called it a geo pulse. Ah, okay. Well, um, I mean, there's a lot of things they added and they took away, and I understand with an adaption, you have to change the story a little bit because some things that work on cartoons, I mean, things that work in comic books don't work in cartoons. But there's some things I didn't like. Like for example, um, I feel like that. The mother, or the fact that he saved the mother, was not as much of a focal point as it was in the comic book. I was a little disappointed by that. Well, yeah, because well, also what you're, um, what they don't give you in the movie that not fl that Flashpoint itself gave you so much of, but having read the Flash after they had uh, resurrected him back into the universe again, is when, that when Jeff Lowe he was him, yeah. exactly he was wondering. His father in our regular world is in jail for having murdered his mother. Right. And he doesn't believe that happened, but of course, in all these years, he's never been able to prove it. Um, and something triggers a realization, maybe is even a direct contact with Zoom, but somehow he realizes Zoom killed his mother in the past. And that's what starts the whole idea of him going. It's not just so much the, oh, I want to see my mother, it's I want to stop Zoom from right. killing my mother. And, and hence framing my father. Right. And that's what they lost. So that's why the mother was much more of an important point. Whereas here, it just seemed like a, a kid that, after uh, all the years of having superpowers, just realized, oh, wow, I could go back and save my mom. Yeah. And, and I felt it, was, it was very throwaway in, the, in that sense. The fact that, you know, like, um, like you just mentioned, the fact that he just realized, oh, yeah, I could just go back in time and I can go save my mom. And it's like, well, if you care about your mom so much, why did you do that, like, day four. <laughs> right. And, and of course, they, they showed that fault by uh, Zoom himself saying, you know, well, you didn't go back and stop JFK's assassination. You didn't keep Hitler in, in art school. You know, it's very true. It's like, well, of all the things you could have done, <laughs> saving your mom, I know it's, you know, it's touching and that's, it's supposed to touch the public and whatnot, but it just was kind of like, this was the first time you thought about touching and changing the past. Why? <laughs> and, and in the, in the movie, uh, they show it wasn't Zoom that killed his mother. It was some like uh, invader. Home. Yeah, they, they didn't right, really. They, yeah, they didn't give us anything. Just home invasion. And if you notice the way they they they, they um they edited not edited but the way they they used the frame, they made sure you didn't see the um the perpetrator's shape. Like you saw it was a person, but they, you, you saw the window pane cut him off right at the nose. Yeah. So. Oh, it's uh Brian Markov. Right. Brian. Brian. B R I O N. Right. 
That was the and Geo Force. That's what it was. Geo Force. Yeah, he was a Justice Leaguer in the in, in the in the the other run before this new run started. He was in the Teen Titans. I told you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I figured it had to be all of them, but definitely Batman and the Outsiders. And by the way, those are actually good books. Those are from the, I guess, mid-80s, early to mid-80s. Batman and the Outsiders, I gotta check it out. They're really good. And it's funny because it, um, as I'm speaking with um, Mike and Ralph, and we spoke before, and I know them both for, for a pretty long time, usually Mike and I usually disagree on a lot of stuff because I find if we were a, a nerd scale <laughs> in rating stuff, here's the way I look at it. Ralph is the one that pretty much forgives everybody for whatever they've done. So if we watch Flashpoint. Yeah. Ralph is usually the one like, yeah, I liked it. It was cool because of X, Y, and Z. Hey, I'm going with the flow, bro. <laughs> and then you have me, who will jump in between both sides and will say, okay, well, I like this, but I didn't like this, but overall, I'll watch it. Mike is very, 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 what I find sometimes, Mike will, will be very, very like, well, I didn't like this because of this. And there's a lot of things he'll see that maybe I don't catch. They'll say, well, I didn't like this, or I didn't like that. Damn it, it sucks! Go to hell! <laughs> well, if they stop making crappy movies, <laughs> they'll stop getting crappy opinions. <laughs> Alright, so, I mean, um, was there anything you that, that you liked particularly about the movie? Mm. Or something that bothered you particularly about the movie? Hmm. I felt there wasn't, in, in the movie, there wasn't much action to me. It didn't seem like it. Like It was more, more exposition, more story than mm. there was any actual, like, you would expect if it's a superhero movie to see a lot of superhero powers and whatnot. Throwing people through buildings and yeah, stuff. Yeah, but it's, it's more like you see the Flash. He barely, once he has his powers, he barely uses them. I mean, you, you attack, when they attack, uh, um, when, when they interrupt the battle between uh, Aquaman and uh, Wonder Woman, you know, you can move super fast, but yet he's moving at the speed that everyone else is moving. How's that? Come on, really? <laughs> <laughs> so you really go there, go there. <laughs> I, I, okay, I understand. You, you might be shy. You don't want to go by yourself. But come on, you're a speedster. Go, you know, <laughs> do it. So you think of, you, you can move faster than anybody can see you. You can take them all out. What's up, right? Uh, it's always my question with speedsters, but that's just nitpicking, of course. What is this? Like they it's, it's, instead of uh, uh, like moving fast, they gotta like catch their breath every once in a while. That's a that's what it is. They're, they're speeding up metabolism, makes them quick, uh, tired quicker or something. Yeah, only when it's convenient in the story. But otherwise, no, that never because it's right. it's because they're not really using their own energy. Really, they're tapping to the speed force. Which, as much as I love the whole um, Young Justice cartoon, it was always weird where they had Wally constantly that's, eating. And, and you see, that's that's a different thing in the in the comics. Um, the Flash he generates the speed force. Well, now he is, I think. Yeah, and in the in the movie, it was that he taps into the Speed Force, and the reason that he couldn't um, leave is because Zoom is uh, taking most of the Speed Force away from him. Right. But in the comics, it's that um, Zoom cr uses the negative Speed Force, and that's why... And then and that just created. begs a lot more questions yeah, right there than it answers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I forgot is, about the negative Speed Force. Yeah, takes, you try. takes the Speed Force from Flash... <laughs> And converts it into a negative speed force. So Which would be a slow force. If That's kind of like the Bizarro being the reverse of Superman, yet he's white and looks just like him. <laughs> it's one of those negatives that doesn't work quite right. You know? but, but, but apparently... Are you saying Bizarro should be black? Uh, <laughs> he should be short, black, <laughs> blonde-haired. And, 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 and probably dating Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, it's interesting. Well, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, there's like the... Everything's better on the dark side because the negative side of the speed force 
apparently gives him more powers because he can actually change his age. Doctor Zoom can change his age, and he can also, by touching things, he can make it uh, age quickly. So he, he can deteriorate an entire building just by touching it or something. And if anybody's wondering, these are all new abilities of Zoom, yeah. not old abilities. Yeah, that he, he recently found out, and he's and he, which he states many times in in um, in the road to Flashpoint when they're talking about how they get there, that the only reason he could do it is because um, the Flash never tries, and the Flash doesn't really know the limits of his own powers or whatever. But who knows? Maybe he could do it too. All right. Mike, mm-hmm. anything? Um, kind of touching on what uh, Ralph just said, that I, I it, again, it, it wasn't a lot of action going on. I'm not saying that I need action to make a story uh, palatable, but it's just for a superhero movie, you expect a certain amount of action. Um, it wasn't my biggest critique. I just thought that Really, with what I've seen, I would rather a movie showing me the beginning, middle, and all the preparing, I think, of the Atlantean War versus New Themyscira. I'd actually really want to just see that as a movie. Maybe I just want to see the extra bloodshed. I don't know. But (laughs) I just think that would be really cool to see that. Um, Because the superheroes themselves didn't get a lot of of interesting play. I mean, you know, you see people doing things, and especially when you started seeing these new uh, superheroes, like, uh, I don't even know that insect one that Lois runs into under the tunnel. Yeah. I mean, there's superheroes, like Godiva was one of them. I mean, I don't know what these people do, and after watching the movie, I still don't know what these people do. <laughs> or care. Or care. <laughs> <Or yeah. laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that was about my only thing. I just thought that it did, it, it, was, it was one of those, oh, isn't it cool, I'm showing you all these things, but it didn't give enough explanation, so that really, to me, the war was the interesting part, and I would rather have seen more of it. Um, I guess for me, I mean, out of all the movies that I've seen in, in the DC animated universe, um, this was okay. I mean, I, I, I have my favorites, and this is not one of my favorites, but it's something that I'll watch again. I mean, I, I wish, and it's something that Mike brought up when I, when I was talking with him the other day. We were talking about um, the idea that Flashpoint was supposed to be the way that um, DC was going to introduce their new universe. But when, uh, when Flash came back, in the, in, the, in the cartoon, nobody really made note of how things were slightly different right. or how things were different. You know, and I know maybe maybe it was the writer's idea to say, okay, maybe the audience could pick up from that because you know your audience and if the audience knows what it is, you don't have to go explaining it. But I feel like, you know what, maybe we should explain it. Well, it be, well that's also because in the comic book, the differences were made by, uh, by Pandora. Well, it was just made by Pandora. In other words, what they did was they took the DC Universe the Vertigo universe and the Wildstorm universe and crammed them together. That's what the new DC-52 is now, right. as opposed to them being three distinct universes. Um, that's why when Flash comes back, he has a brand new costume, and I yeah. thought he commented about that, or did he not comment in the book? In the book, no, because in the book... Okay, then, okay, then it was, but he doesn't comment about it, but we noticed that. In the movie, in the movie they where show he, a he, costume. Has, he has a different costume, but the fact that he doesn't comment on it, because he does remember the universe before and the universe he came from, right. there he should notice that he has a new costume on, but right. he doesn't. And that makes yeah. no sense. Because yeah. he should notice there's something weird. Alright. So, um, real quick, if you could rate this animated movie using your own rating system, what would you rate it? Goodness. Sorry. I, people don't know I'm in the podcast. I rate it zero iPhone chimes. There you go. I don't know. I would have to say, let's just go with the thumbs up. I give it two thumbs if okay. I had four. <laughs> two thumbs if you had four. It's a two out of four. Yeah. All right. Cool. Okay. Go right I'm, ahead. I'm pretty middle ground as well. I mean, I, probably a rating that'll change with me every single time someone asks me to rate something. But I'll give it out of four possible cool bow ties. I'll give it two. 
said bow ties. Oh my goodness. Because bow ties hey, are cool. Ties are Ask cool. any Dr. Oh, Doom. Oh, and a, and, a, <laughs> and a sonic screwdriver. Get the hell out of here. Um, let me see. If I had to rate it, I would rate it two Bucky deaths. <laughs> I, I just want I just want one Bucky Duck that stays. <laughs> no, no, well, that's why I said two. This way, you know, he dies, he comes back to life, and then he dies again, and oh, he stays thank, dead. Oh, thank goodness. So I think it was good. It wasn't great. Um, but, I mean, I would definitely, you know, I would recommend somebody to watch it, especially if they are east of the um, Doctor Who nerd border. I think that, you know, that if you're watching, you know, cartoons here and there and you want to know a little bit more about The Flash or how people are representing The Flash nowadays, I think it's a good way to watch, but you might get a little confused, so... It's good, but it's not great. Right. But it was nice to see Flash actually take center stage for once. He's one of those heroes that really never gets a lot of play. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool. And it's the Barry Allen Flash, not the That's Wally the West. That's the only one I like. It's the only one I like. Because in Justice League, it's all Wally West, and he's the, the more goofy kind of one. Right. Right. All right, so um, we'll be back after this message from whoever I'm going to put up next. <laughs> Captain again, just reminding you that we want to hear from you. We meaning Mike, Ralph, and I. Are you guys paying attention? What's going on here? So we want to know if you agree or disagree with our very opinionated perspectives, or if you even want to ask a question or two or three. So if you want to do that, contact us at m22lcmr at gmail.com. For those in the back again, m22lcmr. MR at gmail.com or tweet us at meanwhile22. Now back to the show. And we're back. And um, we decided to um, touch a different subject, being that we're talking about DC already. Um, I wanted to bring up probably the most talked about movie in the past three months, or at least with this small circle of friends. I think it's definitely one of the most talked about things we've talked about lately. Um, a movie that took $225 million to make and ended up grossing $287 domestic and $644 million worldwide. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about The Man of Steel, the new Superman movie by um, DC and by Warner Brothers. And um, I just wanted to get a taste of what you guys thought about the movie because I think it's a movie that's become, that polarizes fans. You're either on one side or the other. Now, there's some people who are like, oh, that's okay, but some people that really, really liked it, in my opinion, the people I spoke to, or some people really, really hated it. So where do you guys sit? It was... It wasn't a complete waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Um, well, it was almost two and a half hours long, which put it at about two hours and ten minutes longer than it should have been. Because um, it would have been a great 20-minute like featurette. <laughs> um, wow. But unfortunately, if it was only a twenty-minute featurette, that would have had to cut the fight scene by forty minutes. So <laughs> instead of the hour-long, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> instead of the hour-long Dragon Ball Z fight that it was, um, I was ready for the Kamehameha. Yeah. <laughs> it. Some of the fight scenes were good, but the I just thought that the overall plot of how he became the Man of Steel just wasn't interesting and then flawed heavily and just. I don't, just the logic of telling and, and whatnot. Um, I don't know. It's, it's that that would be a show all on its own if I was to get into exactly everything I have a problem with with the, with right. the movie. But um, but did I like the new Superman? Yes. Um, I thought he looked the part. I thought he himself did a much better job than Brandon Roth did as being Superman. Um, unfortunately, you know, Brandon was also tailed with having to play the Clark Kent side, which 
this guy doesn't get until the very end, and even then we don't really get a taste of the Clark Kent, and that's another problem with the story. And we you don't, don't even, even really believe that he could play a, Car- a Clark Kent yeah. character. Because, uh, like, well, everybody and their mother, and I might be jumping the shark right now, but everybody and their mother by that time knows who the fuck Clark Kent is. Well, everybody well, in Smallville knows. Oh, and right, people but, watching TV, right. the quote well, of the military. The military has to know, Smallville has to know, and this is set in modern time, which means every Twitter, YouTube, <laughs> webpage, I mean... Everybody in the world has to know he's Clark Kent, and if they don't, then as a writer, you're begging us to forgive a lot, <laughs> you know. And I can't forgive that part. Well, I guess you can say because uh, in the movie he's been gone from his hometown for a very long time, so people could forgot who he was. But they still have stories, bro. Yeah. They still have like, oh, you can't tell me that wasn't Clark who saved him from the bus. So if Clark comes back, they, I think they would know who he I'm is. Sure, right? I'm sure Pete would know who he is because he <laughs> saved his life twice. Twice, right, yeah, but I mean, but I mean, it's, you know, you know, they and that's what they tried to do. They kept focusing on Pete, but it's like he didn't leave when he was five. He left when he was about eighteen, seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, after his and and died. in our flashbacks of him being seventeen and eighteen, he looked the same. I mean, I know it's a movie and it's the same actor playing the part, but still, he looked the same. He just had more hair. Right, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not like you know he he's come back as a blonde midget or something like that. <laughs> it, it, it's it's pretty much the same Clark Kent that left is now back again. And especially as Superman, you figure he's not aging as rapidly as we are. So 18 years for him probably means he still looks about 18. Yeah. And in the flashbacks, he does. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to dog it. I, I, I really enjoyed Superman. It was a lot of fun. But I do, but they had a lot of problems with a lot of the logistical stuff. And usually that's Mike's thing. Usually I watch a movie and I'll hit up Mike and I'll be like, oh, what did you think of it? Uh, what, what, what wrong did you find already in it? And I have lots. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually found a lot of things wrong with it also, but I, I don't know why. I just looked past it and I still enjoyed it. Like, the way when Zod um, introduced himself to the world, I found that kind of cool. Oh, I was fine with Zod. Uh, the way he introduced himself. That was creepy as hell, though. Right. I'm watching, like, hey, you are not alone. I was like, what the frick is that? When, when the, it was going on, I was waiting for a dubstep track just to come in. It's like, wow, it's wow. That whole part. You know? um, and Zod himself... I don't know. I mean, like, I like him as an actor. I didn't like him as Zod. I mean, he was he was definitely the kind of person you want to play this, a villain. I just feel like he wasn't Zod. And I'm not going by by Terrence Stamp's Zod, which is a different thing in itself. You know, just from Zod that yeah. I read in the comics. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I just didn't feel like he was, he was, I don't know, he didn't feel like he was Zod. Well, the problem with Zod, I mean, again, I'm not a huge Superman fan. I mean, I do, I, it's really weird. I have a, a love-hate relationship with Superman. I love the logo, so I love the design. It's so clean. Um, it's such a, a, a marvelous advertisement uh, tool. As you wear the um, Superman logo on your shirt right now. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> what I'm wearing right now. Um, and I do like the character and concept. I mean, I, I, and especially I love his Golden Age and, and a lot of his Silver Age because that harkens back to a simpler time and everything like that. But uh, the, the Zod character... They could have many mouse play Zod. I really don't care. Like I find Zod to be just such a, it, you know. I mean, I was happy they didn't go with Luthor because I can't take another Lex Luthor Superman. No, they they, they didn't for Lex Luthor to come oh. in. You see the part oh. where with that truck with the Luthor cores on there, yeah. and I'm fine with Luthor existing. I just didn't feel like seeing him, so I was happy that that was not the main villain. Another grand scheme uh, for a real estate plan. Exactly, another real estate plan, exactly. Which of course I'm sure he'll be in the next movie. But um, but Zod is just one of those characters where you just go, well, he just brings a military bent to Superman. Because, I mean, he really is just Superman. That's a full-grown adult that was in the military. I mean, he doesn't really bring much else to the table, at least not for me. I mean, granted, they had the reason about him trying to keep the race going or whatever, well, but... 
and, and the way they explain it is that he's genetically programmed to be a soldier and to protect the planet or whatever, preserve the race. Right. So that's why he's driven to those extremes. Right, but then Jarrell was genetically, you know, meant to be a scientist slash James Bond MI6 <laughs> emissary, right. you know. You gotta give it up to this Jarrell. I mean, come on. He kicked ass. Well, well he did, him. but he's not supposed to. I don't, give it up to. I don't give it up to Jarrell. I give it up to Russell Crowe. Okay. He must have done some really good negotiating. Look, look. If I'm going to be in this movie, then, oh wow, that's not even Russell Crowe. I'm like, that's, what? Jo- that's George Decay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like you know, Russell Crowe's got that that deep voice and the accent. And he goes, look, if I'm if I'm going to be in this movie, I don't want if I'm going to die, I got to come up some other way. I got something some in his contract that said you got to show up at uh, minute number seventy five and, and minute number ninety six and one hundred and four because he was all over the place. He had more screen time than Kevin Costner, yeah. <laughs> who I thought was going to get more screen time because it was Kevin Costner. Well, it was, you could tell Kevin Costner was in it because it was already a two and a half hour movie, so that kind of told you that he was going to be in it. I think any movie that exceeds the two hour and 15 minute limit, he automatically has options to be in that movie. So. But then he also played a, a sort of negative uh, John Kent where it's like, don't show the world who you are. Stay hidden. Let the kids on the bus die. It's like, should I have let them drown? He's like, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, convinced, I'm convinced that in, in a further storyline mode, you're going to find out that he actually is the the birth father of the Joker or something along that line. <laughs> because then it all makes sense now. Hey, you know? But, you know, he, he nobody sacrificed himself so his son wouldn't have to save him and expose himself to the whole world. <laughs> Where he's like, you know, this twister's coming. I know you could probably speed in and speed out and catch me real quick, but, you know, just just let me go. Let me die. Let me die. Um, yeah, I was I was torn on that. I hate the, the, the same old story about the, you know, the father must die for the son to become the man that he needs to be. I mean, you know, you already have the tragic of the Batman. I, I like Superman with his parents alive because it's just, as much as I criticize Superman for being such a Boy Scout, all-American, apple pie kind of a character, at the same time, it's what I like about him. You know, it's, it's kind of like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. I mean, right. I, I don't need him to be a tragic character. He, yeah, fine, he, you know, people always say, well, he lost his parents. Um, his, his, his birth parents, I'm like, yes, but he didn't know his birth parents. I mean, you know, yes, it's tragic in storytelling mode, but it's not like he was a teenager and lost his folks. He didn't know them. Yeah, but, you, but know. you know, the whole death of a parent, I mean, you know, and coming from two people who have lost their parents before, um, I think people look at it as, at a, as a rite of passage. So I think that's why they always include that, because I think you truly don't become, honestly, I don't say a full adult, but, you know, you, you, you don't realize your potential to be, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not omnipotent. Um, wow. to, to be on your own, independent. Um, right. To you know, to, to, to and watch after the podcast. I'm gonna remember the word. The idea to be on your own and want to do your own things is when somebody from your family that 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 central dies, and I think that's why they keep using that. that but theme. that's what's so interesting about Superman in general, but particularly this movie where they go against that. In other words, what you're saying is true. There's a lot to that, and especially for storytelling, it works. Like you said, the death of the parents allows the you know you to learn who you are, to be the man or woman you're supposed to be. I mean, that's kind of the superhero role. But think about this. The whole point with uh, Jarrell and Lara, the sending the son off, is so that he can be his own man. Remember, he was a natural birth. He wasn't genetically engineered to yeah. be anything. Um, so he gets to Earth, and all Jarrell does is labor in t- his job is to guide us. His job is to be the man that will lead the world into the light, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, well, if, this, if he's supposed to be his own man, everyone keeps telling him who to be, even Jonathan Kent, when he's not telling him to let a buffalo the kids die, <laughs> eventually telling him that, you know, you know, you'll do good things. And it's like, well, he's not growing to be his own man. He really is just listening to his father's anyway. And then let one die. 
Um, I mean, I, I, I guess I just you know I, I think that somebody because um, I think when when the parents don't die, like I read Superman with both parents alive. I don't know. I just it, I mean it's cool, but you know I mean. But they never kill Martha. Like I mean, you know, I mean, granted, I don't want her dead either. I like the parents alive, but I mean, they never kill her. Do you want so Lois I, dead? I want Lois dead all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I want Lois to be killed by Lana, who then is electrocuted for the death. <laughs> you know, but but like what Martha gets me, it was the same like with Superman Returns, which I won't even delve into that movie because that's got too many problems. But I, it's like Clark goes away. That's fine, and I'm fine enough with him doing whatever he's going to do, but. He has super speed, and he is aware of his super speed and whatnot. You could go home and visit. I mean, you, you see Martha's house, paint's chipping everywhere, the floorboards are warped. Her house is like kind of this jumbled mess, and I'm like, so you don't even love your mom enough to go home and paint for her? I mean, even, you know, even exactly. normal mortals go home to do that, <laughs> help her take the garbage out, maybe. And, and you know. would, he, he could do that in the blink of an eye. Exactly. You know, even dry the paint himself. <laughs> <laughs> mom, I finished. Which, by the way, that blink of an eye thing, that does, I, I don't understand that one in the movie. I, I, it's when um, Lois has basically tracked down who he is. He, she's at the gravestone of his father, and he shows up. The wind's blowing. That's how she knows he's back there. He's all being mysterious with his, his cap pulled down. And uh, right when they're done talking, the next shot is him visiting his mother. But he gets out of a tractor-trailer, semi-truck kind of a thing, and, you know, it haunts and waves goodbye because that's the show that he got home by truck. Why? He evidently super sped to where no, he, Lois was. He flew to or, where Lois right, was. Right, flew to her even. That's, that's fine. He flew to her. But well, then he decided to use fossil fuel to get home. I'm not really <laughs> sure. Well, what's funny is that you guys are talking about this, and I didn't even pick that up in, in Superman, about him flying over to see yeah. Lois at the gravesite. I guess I must have been too concentrated on my slippery or something. Because obviously you guys I'm like, he flew? He saw it twice. <laughs> Right, but he would just show up as my mom. His mom knows who he is. So he, he would just flash. In other words, for instance, how, if he flew to the graveyard, which can't be that far away from the home. It can't be. <laughs> or that would suck. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. It can't be that far away. So what is he hiding from? He flew into town. Just do a quick jog over to mom's house. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he had to sit there, hitchhike, and you know the guy in the truck was just like, hey, no cash, grass, or ass. You're not getting in this car. So I don't know which one of those three he managed to give the guy to get that ride. <laughs> because at no point did I see him pull out a wallet. <laughs> you know, but he managed to get home. I swear to God, if any of these superheroes were alive, just side note, when any of these superheroes were alive, they'd be like, you guys are backseat superhero guys. <laughs> Which you have power. Then let's see what you do. <laughs> You try jogging and trying to hide your identity. Well, if you. I was grifter, being able to make someone have a bloody nose wouldn't be much of a superpower. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I liked the physics of it. I liked the fact that, you know, when Superman flew, that the ground shook as he took off like a rocket. Smallville. Oh, here we go with the Smallville. That's <laughs> where they first did it, and it's so funny that you're not the only person that, mentioned, that has mentioned liking that, but I remember when they did that on Smallville the first time, everyone was up in arms and hated it and thought it was oh, stupid. I don't know. Because then, I think because now what you're telling them is that he's somehow, 
I, I don't know. Is, that, is, is he manipulating gravity or is, is somehow he's See, straining the muscle and making a force to propel himself up? You don't know what it is, but it now alludes that he's not just simply flying. He's well, doing something that's affecting the weight If you weight look at it scientifically, Man of Steel, and you see that he's getting down and he's like preparing to jump up or whatnot, you can actually see like the rocks around him right, floating. Right. So I guess you can think that he is manipulating gravity in sort of a way or, or manipulating gravity's pull on him. Right. Creating a field around himself. Maybe that, that, that could That's be it. It's possible, but then it doesn't explain how he hovers and speeds up when he's in flight it's, and it's slows all, down. And if, if you want to go back to Smallville, they, they say it how he says he wills himself to do it. Right. So. See, I didn't watch Smallville. That's west of the border. <laughs> or for me, it's west of the border. Not too much west, but west enough of the Doctor Who border because people, well, yeah, I, I feel like it is. Because, um, People watch Smallville, and then there are people who live east of the border who watch it, and they're like, yeah, you know, that's the way um, um, Green Arrow met Superman. No, it is not. Please shut the fuck up. <laughs> See, you can tell I live closer to the border than everybody else does. Well, Smallville did no more damage to the Superman mythos than the X-Men cartoon did to all the X-Men mythos. If I run into one more person that tells me that watched the X-Men cartoons from the uh, early 90s, that during the Phoenix Saga, I remember that. That's because Rogue did. Rogue was not even around as a character. <laughs> <laughs> so it did about just as much damage as that one. Actually, Smallville probably did more. <laughs> a, a lot more, please. Oh, what about The Flash? So The Flash met Superman that way? No. No, yes. and it wasn't Bart Allen either, because that's The Flash that met Superman in Smallville. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and that episode I actually caught. And that's, that's Impulse. That's right. someone that comes from the future. Well, I think the episode was even called Impulse, in yeah. fact, I yeah, think. Yeah, it was, you know? it was. And then, and then, I, I think oh, one of the most God. tragic things and odd things, though, in all the series had to be, I think maybe it was second or third season, I, I'm not, I can't swear to either of those, but a cop from Metropolis comes to visit the, uh, the Kent farm, and the shield for the cop badge was the shape of the Superman shield. It didn't have the S, but it was the same shape. Interesting. Weird. And, yeah. and, and you know, they also introduced the Martian in there, John Jones. Yeah. yeah. Well, they had to throw really? a black character in there because they were missing any color in the story. Yeah, yeah I, that's, and I wish... Not that John Jones was ever black, and, but and, he and was just, now. And just to go back yeah. to, to, the, to the Flashpoint thing real quick before we jump back into Superman, it's funny that you talk about John Jones being like the quote-unquote black character because hey, now all of a sudden cyborgs got a lot more prominence in the, in the comic and in, in, in mm -hmm. justice and i'm like why oh wait that's right because they're missing a black character because exactly. they got rid of um the martian manhunter i'm like wow he they, like they're pushing cyborg hard and even harder than what they did in the in the late it was a mid 80s or early 80s when they, he was part of the super friends Oh, that's right. I forgot all about yeah, that. Yeah, because they, they added Firestorm, and then later on they added... Um, Who they was added two white people in one, we might add. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was just really all in there. The professor and the scrum and everything. That's right. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, like I think about Cyborg, I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess they got they got rid of um, John. They had to add another Well, they guy. did two things. In my opinion, with Cyborg, they not only, of course, added uh, minority, but then they added the youth, because he's the youngest member, so you then, know, they, they try to appeal to both parts. But then Firestorm becomes uh, a white kid and a black kid. Yeah, well, he looked black as Firestorm yeah. then. And, you know. Oh, and in the cartoon. Yeah. No, 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 no. In the, oh, the, uh, in the yeah. eventual later after, series. After the professor um, like, stops being Firestorm, yeah, um, he bonds with, uh, I forgot his name. He's the, yeah. The black kid. I don't, know, I don't remember. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know that there, there's Jason, and then there's, I can't remember the other guy's name, but yeah. They're, 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 yeah, yeah. So yeah. for those who don't, don't know, Firestorm used to... Um, 
he used to fuse with who's the professor's name? Professor. Uh, professor, I can't. I remember it's Ronnie Raymond was the Ronnie kid's Raymond, name. Ronnie Raymond, okay, yeah. And Professor Stein. Yes. Okay. So they, they, my that God, was the I can't remember storm. these things. Wow. <laughs> Martin Stein. Martin Stein. There That's we go. His name. Professor Martin Stein. Yeah. And then Ronnie Raymond. And then Ronnie Raymond ends up fusing now with Jason something or other. Jason Todd. <laughs> Another bad DC Jason storm. Rush. There we go, Jason. All Jason right. Rush. Wow. So yeah, so Are now that's Firestorm. So I mean, I guess now they have two black characters in the JLA. But that's a, that's another thing to do. Yeah, with. that's it. And we've gotten way away from Man of Steel. Yeah, let's, let's bring it back to Man of Steel. Let me throw something out there. Lois Lane. No chemistry whatsoever. That that kiss was like, you know, was like, why why are you kissing? Me? I had better chemistry with my ex girlfriend that I wanted to smack in the. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen more sexual chemistry on the screen between Schwarzenegger and Stallone <laughs> than between Shoot. those two. Speaking of which, they have an upcoming movie. Which one? Uh, it's called Schwarzenegger. Uh, Expendables Three. As, as Stallone. No, no. <laughs> Together, it's the premise is that Stallone is like a, an escape expert, and his job is to escape from prisons. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I... And it, it's does this all take place in an old folks' home? No. <laughs> and apparently, it's in an uh, inescapable prison. Which it's, evidently hope we're wrong. Escape plan. That's what it's ah, okay. There we go. Okay, movie. I'm movie to avoid. Escape line. It's, it's it's a buddy cop movie without the cops. <laughs> oh, wonderful. But yeah, there was no chemistry. With, going back to um to Lois, there was no chemistry with with Lois and Lois and excuse me, and um Superman. There was no Lois and Clark because there was no Clark for like seven right. eighths of the movie. And and I was you fine with if you want. and I was fine with Lois's attraction to him. I mean, you know. You know, to be stereotyping, of course. You, you said know, my what, ass don't be attracted to you too. Absolutely. Right, right, exactly. You know, you know, you know, from a woman being st- stereotyping women. You know, he's this strong guy, can take care of himself, can obviously provide, blah, 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 blah. blah. Plus, he's mysterious and he's got the the emo angst and whatever else that's going on. And maybe I can help him through his problems. But from his point of view, this is a woman that I've met three times, and most of that was either saving her behind or her prying into my life. Really not two qualities that she really wanted in a partner from there on forward. I can already see that she's very dependent. You know. I was one of these relationships. When you share a near-death experience, and I'm, I'm saying he's sharing her near-death experience because, right. you know, he's Superman. He can't really, you know, right. he's really going to die in that. But share near-death experience, you know, it comes to a personal bond. You know, you right. get to, you know, well, there's a psychological to each other. But there, I forgot what the name of the psychological thing is where you fall in love because you've been in a near-death experience. There's an actual um, thing where um, it's a condition where people fall in love because of, uh, I don't see the adrenaline or the euphoria, but the fact that you survive something. So right. the person with you, you have a closer bond. And if it's something romantic, it becomes a little bit, it's a little bit more, but they see those tend to fizzle out as well. They're kind of like when you see somebody at a class reunion, you're like, oh, I haven't seen you in a long time. And all of a sudden, brown chicka, wow, wow. You, <laughs> you guys are doing the nasty because, you know, you guys are reminiscing. And then, right, exactly. You know, and then when it fizzles out, I'm like, wow, I really don't like you that much. Yeah. Well, what, what I thought was interesting, though, is that the other times before the final kiss, that they would kind of lean in close, or I should say she would lean more into him. It, maybe it was just my imagining, but it seemed like he pulled back a little bit. <laughs> and so that to me, it kept going like, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I don't know you that well, and you keep trying to kiss me. <laughs> it was just <laughs> one of those weird moments going on with them. But, uh, but yeah, definitely. And also, even as Lois. I don't do I gingers. <laughs> <laughs> don't you get it? I keep moving back for a reason, you soulless harlot. <laughs> But, it, but even just, I don't know, it's, even as Lois herself, because I thought on more, 
I didn't really like her as Lois. She wasn't very aggressive, and she didn't have very much of a personality. Oh, no, Not that she, she needed to be a person. She like, was better than the one from. from no, well, that Central. goes without yeah. saying again. But again, but then now compare her to Margot Kidder. And again, not acting wise. I'm not talking about acting chops. I'm talking about the quality of maybe it's the writer or the director. I don't know which way it goes when it comes to movie making. It's just that she was just some woman, or well, I'd say some girl, but a little more than the girl. I mean, she was verging towards being a woman, but she just wasn't. She just seemed very young. And not just because of her years, she just seemed young. And in that, she just didn't have a lot of interest. It didn't seem like she... For, for a woman that's supposedly this respected reporter, you're also kind of imagining that she's seen a lot of the world. You know, she's had a lot of things shape her. I mean, we see that, you know, she knows to go here and there. She, she's seen a spaceship take off. She goes to hard places. She uncovers the truth. And she just felt like the most she'd done is maybe cover a few bake sales and, you know, she saw a, a fireman take a cat out of a tree or something, you know. Like, that was the level of excitement that was in her communications. But I think that, I mean, I think she, I think, I, I think personally she did a good Lois Lane, except for when, when um, Kal-El got out on the scene, then all of a sudden, whatever she was, was gone, because I feel like the line, and you're right, they usually play the damsel in distress as a stereotype for women in superhero movies. Okay, I got that. But it's it's a gentle it's a gentle um, difference, or it's like um, the difference is very subtle between somebody who is pushy like Lois should be, and being and a as she outright... showed herself to be already though. Don't forget when she shows up at that base, the uh, base in the Arctic or wherever it yeah. was, she's already you know they're like you know are we done measuring our dicks? <laughs> you <laughs> know I mean so like that was Lois Lane, but that was it. That was her one aggressive moment. After that, everything was just kind of like. Oh, I'm probably going to be a victim, and oh, I'll follow the plane, and oh, no, because when she when she was the ghost with of Perry. someone's father will give me information that I'll shout out at the end of a movie <laughs> for some odd reason. Lois, how do you know my name? I know everything. Yeah. I must yeah. grow. By the way, with all the stuff that Jarrell evidently must have told him, or you assume he told him something in that ship when Kahlo was just alone with him, why wouldn't he have just told him how that Phantom Zone thing worked and his ship? He had to save that for Lois. Why? So, um. Well, I mean, what in a nutshell, how would you rate the movie? In a nutshell. In a nutshell, I would rate it five red underwears. <laughs> Out of what, ten red underwears? <laughs> Out of eight. Out of eight. Yeah, it was a pretty good movie. I thought it was good. It's an odd right. amount of underwear, first of all. That's <laughs> because <laughs> well, he didn't have any on. It was just it was, one suit. It's for every day of the week plus one? No, no. <laughs> it, it's all the ones from the Superman Returns that they couldn't use because they didn't make a sequel. Ah, <laughs> there we go. There we there go. There you go. All right. <laughs> um, I'll, I mean, I, whew, I guess I'll rate it out of all the kryptonites. Mm, I would give it maybe like... I'd give it a four kryptonite out of five because I think that is accessible to people who don't watch Superman and it's set in real world. There are a lot of things wrong with it. Now, what color kryptonite, though? See, I don't want to go with green because green everybody does. Right. So you give them the red kryptonite, the evil one? Yeah. <laughs> the red kryptonite, I mean, it's funny because there's so many other kryptonites out there. So let's give them red. Heck with it. You don't want to give them the pink one? No, I, 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 I heard about the pink one, too. Right? But yeah, uh, I'll give them four out of five red kryptonites because I felt like, you know... It, it was it was good. It was fun, fun. But if you go thinking or going to trying to think about Superman as 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 a character, you're gonna be so angry. 
But if you just watch it just to it's, watch and enjoy it's it, it's, it's fine. Neck breaking Superman. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't even get yeah, to the. We didn't get. And, and I wish we had more time. I, w- I would have gotten to the whole thing that it was like. My, what did my friend send to me on, on Facebook? This was the best episode of SmackDown I ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and then he sends me a personal inbox like, don't talk to me again. I'm like, what? Go, you told me to go see it. I said, tell you to go see it. I said, tell you to go like it. <laughs> now, I'll give it, I'll give it uh, six shiny Luthor heads out of ten. <laughs> you know, I mean, he'll, Luthor will be back. He's probably watching it right now just going, I would have done it much differently. And <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of like what you're saying now. <laughs> I would have done it much differently. Luther's already sitting there going, my plan will be a lot more elaborate and fail. <laughs> like, yeah, I will actually have a scene in the next movie. <laughs> All right, so this transitions us into um, our final topic, which is actually the long-awaited announcement. And I wouldn't say long-awaited because Superman just came out. But people have been trying to say, okay, well, what is DC going to do next? Marvel actually had a plan. And Marvel said, heck with it. We're doing um, Iron Man, Captain America. Yeah, we did the Hulk before, but we'll add him too. And then, and we'll then do... they did the Hulk right this time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I... I Uni God. Uh, I love... No, I'm talking about the Hulk movie itself, the Incredible Hulk movie. The Incredible Hulk with I Ed Norton. Yeah, I agree. That was... I, I, which I'm waiting now for another movie, obviously, without Ed Norton, but I still want another Hulk movie. That seems to be the one they're not talking about, oddly enough. Right. I think they're still figuring out what the hell to do. But but what I'm saying is that, you know, that Marvel decided to, to, to do all their characters together and with little hints of the Avengers, and then... They created the Avengers, so now DC. Well, they did off the hype completely. I mean, they did everything right. They couldn't. Yeah. They did nothing wrong in what in, in building this up. Which now kind of like screwed DC in a kind of Xbox One, PS4 kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna do now? We did this. So now DC stuck with okay. Well, how am I? How are we gonna introduce all our characters to create a Justice League movie? And I guess they're doing steps for that by announcing at San Diego Comic Con the Superman Batman movie. Um, just real short, what do you guys think of the idea, and what, what do you think the approach should be, and do you think the approach will work? Because I think Nolan is behind this. I don't know if he's directing, but I know he's involved. So I think sometimes they just put Nolan involved just so that people will go see it, <laughs> hoping that it's going to be the Dark Knight Return trilogy. You know, Producer, Chris Nolan, director, Because wasn't, wasn't Nolan behind <laughs> The Man of Steel as well? Yeah. In some kind of way, I think he was behind this last movie. Yep, you yes, know. he was. And we see what we got. Um... I mean, I love the idea. I mean, you know, Superman, Batman, you know, it's a classic together. You know, he lived through all the Brave and the Bold uh, comics from way in the past. Um, DC, of course, to you know, because the movie will be coming out in whatever time, maybe a couple of years, they already have relaunched the Superman, Batman comics again. Um, they were a classic pairing. Uh, the only problem I have, or I shouldn't say problem, the only concern I have is what are they going to do for Batman? Um, obviously, Chris, um, was it? Christian Bale is not going to be Batman again. Also, it's not going to be the Christopher Nolan Batman, or at least I would imagine it's not going to be, because the Christopher Nolan Batman could not exist in a Man of Steel Superman world. So we now need a more comic book Batman, which I am very happy about. But then, without giving me another Batman origin story, and they better not give me another Batman (laughs) origin story in another year, um, my question is then, how are you going to introduce us to this Batman that's going to be relatively different than a Batman that we've had now for six years to meet up with this Superman. That's my only concern, really. Other than that, I'm, you know, it's probably going to be very typical. I'm sure they're going to meet up, throw a few punches here and there, and then there'll be a common goal. I, of course, would be interested, as much as I'm tired of, like I've said, uh, Superman and Lex Luthor, and, of course, Batman and Joker always having to be together, it would be funny if they did like they did in the animated series to see the Joker and Lex Luthor Working working together, or at least... 
You mean like Lego Batman also? Right, right exactly. <laughs> or at least, even if they're not together, but at least working in an unexpected tandem, tandem that it involves both of their primary, uh, you know, um, counterparts. So, I don't know. Well, I just hope it doesn't turn out to be like one of those regular buddy cop movies you know, where it's like oh so who's Danny Glover <laughs> I'm too old for this shit yeah he's Batman you see Superman of course is the good cop and Batman's the bad cop it's like oh we're gonna have to take him down and Superman's like no Batman no you can't do that we gotta be good <laughs> so you don't want it to be a bad cop film yeah I don't want it I don't want or it to a be a typical cop I don't want it to be a cop film at all I want it to be you know some sort of like well, the general way that they make these movies is there's some kind of crisis where Superman can't do it on his own and Batman can't do it on his own. When you think about it, Superman can't do it on his own. Why would, you know, you get the most powerful man. How did this guy help him out? But whatever, you know, Batman is a genius. But yeah, let's, let's not forget about that guy. That guy is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's, it's got to be good. That's, that's all I'm saying. Because if you're going to bring them together, what I would, would be interesting to see if they do some sort of, like, uh, Dark Knight Returns kind of thing where you face Batman off against Superman and somehow they you know they work together in the end right but then that of course would mean that we have to have some kind of a exposition telling us that things like kryptonite has been discovered or something along that line in whatever amount because it has to be years later if Metropolis has been rebuilt because they didn't rebuild that overnight yeah Superman looked like he wasn't willing to help build Metropolis oh he had no concern about Metropolis yeah Uh, yeah, that's true. It's <laughs> considering the what, forty or so uh, square blocks that he destroyed <laughs> in this epic battle against Zod, where you know you were just looking at your clock there and it's like, it's still going on. Are you serious? Like, Come on, just break his neck already. Come on. I just kept expecting that, like as the buildings were being blown through and falling down, just to keep you know, just to keep it light for the children to hear, like just off screen. I'm okay. I got out. Oh, I can't believe you got everything out. Did you get my bird? I got the bird. You know, just like you well, know, everybody so, so, so what you wanted it to be like a GI Joe cartoon episode. <laughs> All these gunfires go up, but nobody dies. <laughs> exactly. Oh, he's Superman. He's not responsible for anything. At least we know most of the people in the Daily Bugle got out. Daily Bugle. Yeah. Where, where Planet. The... Planet, my bad, sorry. Where's the bugle? Oh, that's right, Spider-Man. <laughs> mm. Wrong universe. <laughs> yeah, the Planet people were just fine, including the, I guess, soon-to-be sex change Jenny Olsen, was she? Yeah. <laughs> For those who didn't know, Jimmy Olsen is in the movie, but as a female. If you remember Superman uh, in the Man of Steel movie, and there, um, um, Lawrence Fishburne is, is running with a female when the building falls down. And then there's a woman trapped under the rubble. That girl is supposed to be Jimmy Olsen, who's now called Jenny Olsen. So Because that was evidently a very big sticking point. You, <laughs> could, you could imagine that probably they just got the script together in two days, but then spent five months deciding whether or not Jimmy Olsen should be a man or a woman. <laughs> For unknown reasons. They don't even credit her last name. Just yeah, I think they just called her Jenny. Exactly. So I forgot who, who eat that out to me, but somebody was telling me that. But... In my opinion, briefly, I'll just say that um, I agree. I don't want to be a bad cop film, but here's the thing about it. My biggest concern is, and it's kind of what Mike was saying about, how are you going to explain this Batman living in this Superman's universe? And it's you're not, if you're going to use Batman, is it going to be a continuation of Chris Nolan's Batman? Like, like the, the, their, their Robin, you know, taking on the Superman call, or is it a different universe? 
I mean, how are they, are they going to go all J.J. Um, Abrams Star Trek on us, saying it's a, it's a different universe, <laughs> you know, which explains the differences and how it, it was similar to a certain extent if something happened? I mean, what are you going to do? They, you know, if they do that, they could bring back Kristen Bale. I guess they could. I don't think they could bring back Kristen Bale with police order and escort. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think he's done. <laughs> I think he is done with being Batman. Yeah. Batman. Yeah, he was saying he, he didn't want to do any more Batman movies, right? That's fine. That, oh, and that <laughs> reminded me, hearing, hearing Rob do that just reminded me, can he not have that Batman voice? If, 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 if all they Where's want to the do truth? is have the actor be the actor and be Bruce Wayne and then have Kevin Conroy come in whenever he's in costume, <laughs> I, I'm good. I'm good after that. Shout out to Kevin Conroy. You're awesome, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, I, that's the only thing I worry about. I worry about, you know, how are you going to combine these universes? How are you going to, you know, because now you have these two universes existing. You know, it's not like they did the Batman movie and then five years later you did the Superman movie so you can reboot Batman. You know, you just did Batman, um, The Dark Knight Rises, what? A year last ago. Last year. Last year. <laughs> a year ago. Last summer. And then you had Superman this year. So then how are you going to explain, you know, with so much time going by, with being that everybody remembers Superman and Batman, how are you going to explain Batman? You know, how are you going to go about this? So I think they might have to do a... I mean, if, if they keep it the same Batman, that's the only way they're going to keep it short and not have to do another... Right, but story. then it becomes too convoluted because no one has mentioned a costume vigilante. You know, um, which is what Superman technically is. And yeah, the world would already kind of know about, I mean, not the world, but the United States would know about Batman. And Metropolis is not that far from Gotham. So, in other words, well, no, not no, saying no. that he Metropolis would Metropolis is not far from Gotham in the comic book universe. They could switch it up. Remember, it's they could. Chris Nolan's universe. They could say it's a different coast. No, they, also, they could. But, but, but still, just jump but, back on right. yeah. But still, it's, it, Batman existed before Superman in that kind of a universe. It's just going to beg all kinds of questions. Um, and if Superman, of course, existed. Uh, first in the Christopher Nolan universe, then that would make no sense at all because everybody would be talking about Superman. Well, if you remember, and you, you pointed this out to me, there's the satellite. It's a, it's a Wayne Tech it, satellite. It's a Wayne Tech satellite, right. So, I guess right. he exists. Well, so yeah. wait, well, well, we know that Batman, I mean, I'm sorry, we know that Bruce Wayne exists, but the problem is, when does Batman exist? I mean, in my opinion, as far as timeline would have to go, is that, like I said, it's got to take years for them to rebuild Metropolis, which I'm assuming is this is when we'll take place for the movie. So I, I would assume that Batman comes in. Hat and helps him out. He's not helping out anybody. <laughs> he didn't even help in the Hardy's commercial. Like, I kidding me? I just told you, he didn't help his mom paint the house. You know you're not getting him to lift one girder to help that He'll city. He'll speak in third person. Superman's not doing a damn thing. <laughs> Superman just saved the world. Superman got a good clean shit. <laughs> you should ask Clark. <laughs> Which they know who he is. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I mean, it, it's a lot of concern, but I'm definitely excited for it. I definitely want to check it out. And New York Comic Con should have a couple of different um, tweaks also. Ralph, you're going, I believe. Yeah, I still got to buy my ticket. Yeah, you still got to buy your I'm ticket. I'm going to buy the ticket. Buy the ticket. I, have, I have my Saturday, my Friday and Saturday ticket. Yeah, that's, that's, my, that's what I'm talking right, about. Yeah, right. that was a fist bump because that, because <laughs> that was good that he took care of that. Now, Ralph, you got to get one ticket. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm going Saturday. I'm buying Friday this week. I'm buying ah, Friday this go. week. Yeah. All right. But that's Saturday. Saturday. Me and Gigi have already, um, my girlfriend, already have um, Saturday already booked up, so... Know, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be a good time. So I'm wondering what they're gonna reveal at that Comic Con. Probably the same thing. Maybe a little bit extra. Yeah, it'll be interesting. All right. All right. So, um, um, wow. I guess our time kind of flew by real quick. Um, thanks for tuning in to our first episode. Hopefully, we'll be able to shine a little bit more light on some of the, some of the things that we refer to as geek or geeky. Um, so on behalf of Ralph the Tech <laughs> and Mike the Financial Critic. <laughs> <laughs> this is yours truly, the cap, signing off saying we'll see you next time. <laughs>